As the family became the dominant presence around Spans, the few hippies that occupied the back house began to drift away. At seventeen, Stephen Grogan was one such traveller who had grown tired of their passivity and was looking for a raunchier manifesto. He had been hanging around the ranch off and on for the last year, and spent some of his time assisting with the horses. Despite his hippie appearance, Grogan had proved himself to be a highly complex personality. Grogan's crazy, drug-fueled behaviour was also out of kilter with his respectable middle-class background. His propensity for extremism came from his curiosity about anything that offered a greater meaning than his staid family life. He expanded on this during a parole hearing in 1981. What was happening with me was that there was a point in my life where I was being real romantic about my life, where I was a real philosopher, philosophized a lot about my life and its meaning, deep meaning. When I viewed my parents, I viewed it as a regular, boring, drab, everyday life, everyday run-of-the-mill. I thought it was plastic. It was just work, go to work, you die, you're buried. That was it. Charlie saw a lot of himself in the young tearaway and with his acid-fried consciousness receptive to any new philosophy, Grogan was absorbed into the commune with ease. Such was Manson's fondness for his protégé, he called him Clem Tufts, or Scramblehead, which, given the young man's propensity for chaos and confusion, was more than apt. Although the irony was no doubt lost on Clem, the teenager's fucked-up mindset was a much easier one to unpick than many of the more buttoned-up girls. Such was the speed and ferocity of Grogan's whirlwind conversion that he began to mirror Charlie's behaviour right down to his dress and speech patterns. In spite of his years and colliding thought patterns, Grogan was able to sum up the peripatetic attraction of life at Spans. There was a number of people that would come and go, but it was more like people that were drifting in and out of the area and knew about the place and they could stay for a day. But the strong, the people that were in the group generally stayed there. There wasn't that much leaving and going. If they did it, it was maybe for a couple of weeks and they'd come back and when they came back, they'd feel all guilty and stuff. It was like they had to go through some penance to get over their own guilt feelings. While the routines at Spans occupied the bulk of the family's day, there was still the business of Charlie's recording dreams to attend to. Despite Dennis Wilson's hasty retreat from his Sunset Boulevard manor, there was absolutely no way that Manson would cut off his main conduit to rock stardom. Forever on his coattails, Charlie pursued Dennis relentlessly, first to Greg Jacobson's flat in Beverly Glen, and then to a beachfront apartment on Santa Monica's Pacific Palisades. In spite of the enormous debts that the family had racked up for him, Dennis still maintained social contact with Manson and co., frequently visiting Spans to party. Although Charlie's long-promised recording deal was often hinted at, Dennis was able to bullshit his way out of any concrete promises. On more than one occasion, Dennis was given a sharp reminder of the destructive nature of some of the family's behaviour. One particularly crazy day, Dennis unwisely let Paul Watkins and Enfant Terrible Clem take the wheel of his brand new red Mercedes. During a frazzled spin, Clem managed to completely wreck the vehicle on a bend close to Span's ranch. Whether high on drugs or his own speed, 
The fact that the car was uninsured was evidently lost on Clem, who laughed his way out of the incident with trademark goofy inanity. Leaving the wreckage, both emotional and otherwise, behind, Dennis was soon out of the country, occupied with an extensive Beach Boys tour of Europe. The group was determined to regain ground lost through their disastrous flirtation with psychedelia the previous year. Despite their sound being temporarily out of favour in America, fans on the continent royally welcomed the band, especially in Czechoslovakia, where they became the first Western band to play behind the Iron Curtain. With Dennis absent abroad, Charlie maintained contact with Wilson's close confidant, Greg Jacobson. Impressed with Manson's acid-edged talent, Greg allowed Charlie and...